everyone. My name is Derek Covington Smith, and I'm going to be your host for Spotlight On. Spotlight On is an interview podcast where we talk to different artists working and living in Mississippi. When I moved back to Mississippi, I opened up my studio, the Little Yellow Building, and began teaching. And once the coronavirus hit and really settled in, it became quite lonely. As artists, we're always used to having a lonely studio practice and being one-on-one with ourselves. But when you take out the option of having that community, it becomes really hard. And that's where Spotlight On was born. I started reaching out to artists all over Mississippi and interviewing and learning more about their lives. I'd like to invite you to come along and join me as we talk to everyone and anyone who wants to share their art and their life with us. So I hope you tune in. I hope you subscribe and join us for Spotlight On. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Spotlight On. This week, we have Mississippi artist Adrian Brown David with us. Adrian is an amazing figurative artist that brings a lot of spirit and innocence and love into her paintings and then also creates these other unique items like paper dolls and just has a a beautiful budding career in Mississippi. Um, Adrian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you grew up in art? Um, so I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, actually. Um, and so I was born there. I've been sort of the like artsy creative kid forever, really. Um, and so my family always really nurtured that side of me. Uh, my grandmother used to keep all of her paper grocery bags and like the little cardboard inserts from like the pantyhose packages, <laughs> which were my favorite because they were like dark white and smooth it was like the best drawing surface as a kid and so she used to save all of those for me when I was younger um and with crayons and colored pencils and all that for me to draw um but I would draw on anything like I grew up in the city and so like I would draw on the sidewalk with chunks of broken brick and with like those weird white gravel rock things the little rectangular ones (laughs) yeah (laughs) So, like, I would draw on anything, anywhere. Um, And so my family was already always really supportive of that aspect of my personality. Um, And so once I got a little older, maybe like middle school, my mom realized, you know, this is something that this kid's really into. Like, this is a thing that she loves. And so she got me in every weekend art class and after school art class she could find. She started working at a um, a black art gallery in St. Louis so that I could meet other artists that look like me and I took all the classes and met all the, I got to meet Gordon Parks when I was like 17. I met Jacob Lawrence at the art museum. <laughs> like, And so like I had wow. all of these experiences as a kid because my mom really wanted to nurture that part of who I was. Yeah. Um, and so it was always just sort of a thing that I did. It was always integrated into my childhood. Um, I'm sure I drove her crazy because I, you know, I drew all over my clothes. Like I would draw pictures on my jeans and I was like, I would carve little animals out of the little like slivers of soap at the end of the soap. So there, I was just always, always doing something and always into something and always, you know, creating something forever for as long as I can remember. Um, 
And so that was pretty much my childhood. And then I got to high school um, and every elective I took in high school was art. I did not take a single foreign language. I did not, like, I didn't play an instrument. I didn't like all of my electives were art all through high school. Um, I spent a year at the Art Institute in Chicago, um, but art school is crazy expensive. It was crazy expensive in the 90s. Um, and so I came back home and I taught after school art programs at like a local high school, I mean, a local elementary school. Um, I did some mentoring. I learned how to silkscreen t-shirts. Like I did, <laughs> I did a variety of things. Um, and then I moved to the Virgin Islands when I was 21. Um, and sort of lived island life. I was kind of a beach bum. I drew portraits and painted and worked at a coffee shop and lived on the side of a hill. (laughs) Was that just to to get away and and experience or was there a reason that you took off? I had a friend that moved there. He moved there for school um, and he had an aunt that lived there and I went to visit it. And I was like, man, there's no way I could go back to St. Louis knowing that this place exists and I could just be living here. And so I went to visit him in November of 99. And then I moved in January of 2000. And so I came home and like sold off all my artwork. I had a silent auction of all the artwork that I had left, sold all my artwork, packed a suitcase and a stereo and a bunch of CDs and like bought a one-way ticket and got on a plane and moved to a tiny island and I lived there for nine years and sort of developed my art practice a little more and got married and had some kids and then in 2008 we found out we were pregnant with a fourth kid and we were just like oh island life and four (laughs) kids is probably not gonna work we were still paying off the third kid I was like we're still paying bills from the third kid like we (laughs) we can't afford a fourth kid like if we have a fourth kid here somebody is not gonna eat (laughs) so I had a cousin who lived in Mississippi and she was like you should just come here it's clean it's quiet the cost of living is low you know it's it's Oxford's kind of artsy like you should just come come here and so we moved here in October of 2008, um, I was five or six months pregnant, had three small children, and we moved here sight unseen. I had never been here before. Wow. <laughs> and so we've been here for 12 years now. You finally getting used to it? <laughs> um, it, took a, it took a little while. It took yeah. a little while. <laughs> so you're a mother of four, and this incredible artist. How do you balance all that? Um, I don't always balance it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have four daughters and my daughters are older now, so it's a little easier. So I have, um, an almost 12 year old, a 14 year old, uh, eight, soon to be 18 year old and a 19 year old. And so they're all like, they're out of the stage in life where they really need my constant attention. Um, and so it's a little easier, but I tell people all the time, I don't really balance anything. Like I do a lot of things, but I can only do two of them well at one time. And so I have four kids. I've homeschooled all of them. My two oldest are in public school now, but for a while I was homeschooling all four um I run a small business I paint I cook I clean I drive people places but I can't do all of those every day and so if I am 
painting and homeschooling. Like I probably haven't cooked anything (laughs) or cleaned anything or said more than five words to my husband. Like if I am, you know, being an attentive spouse and, you know, being a good homemaker, then like, you know, the kids haven't done any structured school or I haven't picked up a pencil or a paintbrush. And so like, I just had to get used to the fact that I just can't do everything. And it's unrealistic for anybody to think that they can. And so some days my house is messy and some days my kids just eat cereal and some days I don't paint. And some days I don't talk to anyone. And like some, sometimes things just don't get done and that's okay. Yeah. What a great lesson you've already learned for yourself. You know, that's, that's a it hard took a lesson long time. <laughs> it took a long time to learn that I was really burnt out and really like just feeling like I should be able to manage things that I couldn't manage. And so if it makes you feel like you're not doing your best when in actuality, no one can do that. Like literally no one can do all of those things without some sort of help. Like my house could be spotless if I paid a cleaning lady or my kids could like only eat healthy organic meals if I like paid for some meal delivery service. But like, I can't do all of that myself. Like I can do all of those things, just not all at the same time every day. Yeah. Um, So I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk about the current work you're producing because you're currently Mm -hmm. producing smaller works. And I think, are you on a goal to do 365 of these a year? Like I am on a goal to do one five by seven painting every single day in 2021. So far, I haven't been burnt out yet. I'm on painting number 20. They're Um, stunning. Like they're stunning. they're, They're, you know, it's been fun. Like it's a fun it's a fun thing for me to look forward to. It's kind of hard to drag myself out of bed early in the morning because I'm not really a morning person, but it's the best time for me to do it because I have all these other things that I need to do during the day. And so it's been fun to like, just get up before everybody else, make myself a cup of tea, go sit in my studio for two hours, two and a half hours, focus on this one thing for a couple of hours each morning. And then I don't have to think about it anymore until the next day. (laughs) And so like, it's a good little practice just for me to like, paint every day, produce something every day that I don't feel super attached to. Like it doesn't have to be gallery worthy. Like it's really like, let's play with some paint this morning. Let's see what comes out. Let's see what this is going to look like, you know, and it's specifically for me. No one's making requests. It's not a commission. It's not like, it's just what I want to put on the canvas that morning. Um, And so far it's been pretty good. Yeah. I, um, what I particularly like about this series is, is going through it. You take a, a, a beautifully innocent moment and you, you take out all the clutter from it and you leave, uh, uh, and, and most of your work is based around your children, I believe. Um, but yeah, almost exclusively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you leave this innocent moment. That's, that's incredible because all of it has been stripped away to the beauty of just what's happening. 
<laughs> and what they're doing. And I love that. And I love your color combinations that you choose and how bold are demure you'll make them because most of it's bold, but then there's, there'll be like really subtle pieces every once in a while that you do. I, I really enjoy that. Um, tell us about your, just your process on going through to either pick your subject matter or how you approach your painting. Um, I paint almost exclusively my kids. Um, and that's something that has just come about in probably the last, um, maybe five or six years. Um, since I've gotten more into taking photos of my own kids, like I've always taken a bunch of pictures of them, but never really taking pictures like, oh, I would like for this to be a beautiful picture. Like it's just, it's mostly just, oh, let me take a picture of them at this birthday party or take a but as like cameras have gotten better on phones, like my photography has gotten better, which means the images that I have access to have gotten better. And so I'm like, oh, these actually are really great pictures. And so between the the practicing of the photography and just thinking about how my kid's childhood is very different from the childhood I had and trying to trend like that into um these images it's really shifted my work a little bit so prior to this i you know i painted whatever i thought was beautiful i've almost always just painted women um from the time that i've started painting um i occasionally paint men but 95 percent of my work is going to be a woman or a girl um but in the last few years, it's been like, I'm going to actually just focus on my girls and how my girls are living every day and how different that is from how I lived every day at the same age. Because I grew up in the city, I didn't have the same type of freedom that my kids have living here. We live in a town of 3000 people. Um and in like, we spend a lot of time outside and in the woods, we have friends with acreage. And so like <laughs> they've grown up like at farms and in fields and in trees and, you know, hiking through creeks and like things that I never did as a kid. My range of freedom was very, very limited for like safety reasons because yeah. I've lived in the city. Um, and so I've been really thinking about how the image of of black children being free is not one that you see very readily. Like you see imagery of of kids and of black kids, but it tends to be those of struggle or urban or things that don't look like what my kids see every day. And so I really wanted to like humanize what their childhood looks like. Also, like it looks different, but it's still, it's the same beauty that every other kid is afforded in America. Like their childhood is still beautiful, despite all of the things that they have to deal with, even in, you know, hanging out in the woods and playing in fields, they still have all of those underlying things that comes with being black in America, but that doesn't diminish the beauty of what their childhood looks like. Um, and so that's been the focus of my work for the last few years is how that looks for them and how it changes. Um, I tend to not paint 
past pictures. And so all of it is like a record of how they grow and develop. And so because they're teenagers, the imagery that you see of them starts to look different. It's less like little girls playing in fields and more like lip gloss and hoop earrings because that's part of how they're developing. Um, And so it's been interesting just to keep like these paintings as a record of how they grow and change and how that's still beautiful in all of its forms from, you know, infancy through womanhood, because I'm basically the mother of women now. (laughs) And well, you're, you, you, you said it so well, um, giving others the opportunity to see black children represented happy Mm -hmm. and and enjoying life and, and being free. That's, that's something that you don't get to see a lot of, you know, it's used to pull heartstrings more than, more than it is to celebrate. And I I think for, I think for me, it's about, it's more about the freedom than the happiness because it's not always happy, but it's also not, it's not always for you. You know what I mean? Like I like painting my kids alone in places where they, where it appears that they're unobserved because that's when it's, that's when they're most free when nobody's paying any attention, nobody is creating any rules or boundaries. Nobody is deciding how, how they should behave or what they should look like or what they should be doing. And so that sense of, solitude and and undisturbed just being is really what I want to focus on like it doesn't necessarily have to feel happy or joyful it just has to feel like it's not for you like this moment is not for you it's not (laughs) like it isn't about you it isn't about any adult it isn't about anybody's opinions or ideas or thoughts it is just about this kid in this moment um and so, yeah. How awesome. I, I, yeah. I mean, just getting back, just getting to, to view your work on Instagram and, and listen to your other interviews and read about your, your career path. Um, would you mind sharing of, of how you handle your career now? Like what, what does sales look like for you? What does production look like for you? Um, I work a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have long days. And so I have only been doing like full time, just focusing on art and not having any other job for probably the last three years. So I've always I've always just been busy. Like I've always worked and homeschooled and painted and like I've always done a lot of things. And so a few years ago, I was like, I just I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to work for somebody else anymore. Like, I just don't want to have to get up and be anywhere that anybody else wants me to be, except for where I want to be. And so, like, I took a leap three or four years ago and was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to treat my art as my career. Um, And so I dedicated you know, six hours a day to my studio. And I was like, I just have to treat it like a job. I have to get up and go in my studio and whatever I do for six hours, if it's clean, if it's paint, if it's like, whatever it is, I need to be present there for a few hours. And so 
I started another small business. Um, I do custom paper dolls. And so that's another thing that I, you know, work on every day. And as I've just devoted my time to my work, um, I've had to work more because now more people see my work because that's what I'm doing. Like I'm entering shows and I'm, you know, posting stuff online. And so, um, right now my day looks like I get up at seven, I paint for two and a half hours on my daily painting. I post that, um, get that out of the way between 10 and 11 every morning. I, do school with my kids, sometimes from my studio, sometimes from the same room that they're working on. If I have paper doll orders that I need to fulfill, I do that during school hours because it doesn't take a lot of my time. It's mostly just assembly and, you know, cutting, printing, assembling stuff. Um, Once school is over, I usually have some afternoon errands. I have a 17 year old who does not have a driver's license. So I have to drive her to work (laughs) each day. (laughs) Um, And so like I run my errands, I should, I do my shipping and post office runs and the bank and all the things that I would need to do, like between the hours of three 30 and five. Um, And then I come home and I usually spend the rest of the evening in the studio. And so I'll just paint until I get tired. And so it may be 1130 um, when I leave out of there. And so, I mean, some days if I don't have to leave, I will just stay in my studio. I put in 14 hour days sometimes and I'm just like, I'm in there from seven to 10 PM during the day. And so (laughs) it's my most comfortable place to be. So if I can cut everything out and just go and hibernate away for a while, I I love to do it. And my studio is just a tiny room off of my kitchen. Currently I'm hoping to turn our detached garage into a separate studio space where I have way more space. Cause right now I've rapidly outgrown my tiny studio, but because it's just off of my kitchen, like I'm still involved in everything. I still field school questions and kids have to cut through there to get to the laundry room. So like people are in and out all day. And so I can be in there all day and still answer questions about math and still, you know, give kids permission to go outside and still, you know, figure out what's going to be for lunch. Like all of those things can happen all at the same time. I'm kind of ready for that to not be the case. (laughs) I would like a door between myself and (laughs) the rest of the people who need things, but you know, hopefully by spring or early summer, I can have a separate space where I can work. Yeah. You, um, you, you briefly talked about the paper dolls. Tell me more about the paper doll project thing the, the, that you've got going on. Cause I've, I've seen some, but I don't know all the history behind it. So I actually started um, with the paper dolls for my kids. I have four daughters. Um, and so I started making paper dolls for them when they were younger. I actually started out printing like vintage um, McCall paper dolls from the 60s or whenever those came out because I thought they were really cute. And so I would print them out and then I would take colored pencil and I would color them so that they looked like my kids because there were maybe there was like one brown Betsy McCall paper doll. Um, And so I started out doing that. And then I started buying like they sell little magnetic paper dolls that I would buy for road trips because we like to travel. And so we would do lots of road trips Um, and I would buy those paper dolls, trace the shape, 
draw my own doll and then like mod podge it to the magnet so that the clothes fit, but it was dolls that I created. And then finally I was just like, you know, I can just draw my own paper dolls. (laughs) And so like, I started making them for my older girls when they were younger. Um, And then when my youngest daughter got to be maybe eight or nine, um, she was really into fashion. Like she was, was wanting to design clothes and she was like creating these outfits and so I made her a paper doll for Christmas with all of these clothes that she could decorate herself um and it was a larger paper doll it was about 13 inches tall um and it had like articulated arms and legs and I was like oh I'll make this for Zion and so I made her one with all of her clothes and then Maybe a year later, I got approached by um, Wayne Andrews of the Yachna Patafa Arts Council here in Oxford. Um, And he was putting together a community supported artist program in which artists could present a proposal. They would get a small grant. That small grant would, you know, help create a product or something accessible to most people that would help introduce their bigger gallery work. And so he was like, you should, you know, send us a proposal. We'd love to work with you. And so I sent him a couple of ideas and the paper dolls were one of them. Um, And he was like, I actually really love this paper doll idea. Let's, you know, let's do that one. (laughs) And so I was like, all right. And so I got the grant. I used that grant to, um, design a website and buy my initial like packaging and get the initial dolls printed. Um, and so I did that. Um, and I would sell them like they were mostly popular at Christmas time. People would get them for their grandkids and you know, the CSA program really, you know, promoted things. So they got us out to stuff, introduced us to the community, put things on the website. Um, and so it kind of started from there. Um, And so I have a ready-made set of 12 dolls and the goal is for kids of all colors, hair types, abilities, all of that to be represented in a toy that's not super precious, but is also really like, it's really significant for them. And so like I created a series of 12 dolls, boys and girls of a variety of skin tones, variety of hair colors, but I also do custom ones. And so people can, you know, send me pictures of their kids. I'll do a custom doll for their kid. And so that means that covers kids who have vitiligo, kids who have alopecia, kids who, you know, maybe are amputees, kids who like, so whatever, whatever it is you want represented, whatever your kid, whatever makes your kid unique, they can have a toy that looks just like them. Um, And so that was really important to me. And so it's sort of grown since then. And so I've got um, dolls in stores all over the country now. So there's a store in Chicago called Kiddo. Um, It's a Black-owned store in Chicago. I just sent them a huge order of paper dolls yesterday. Um, They're in New Jersey. They're in Brooklyn. They're in um, Connecticut. So they're sort of all over the place. And so you can find them in stores, you know, around the country. And it's been it's been fun to do. It's fun to, like, have people send me pictures of their their kids and, like, get to draw their kids. (laughs) And so, you know, draw somebody's kids who are my kids. (laughs) 
that's exciting to have those all over the country like that. Yeah, it was, it's been interesting. This, I think this year is the first year that I've had them all over. Like I had them in a couple stores in Mississippi. Um, and I think maybe one store in, I can't even remember now, Indiana, maybe. Um, but this past summer, um, I got a lot of, a lot of messages from a lot of stores all over the country. And so, you know, that's super yeah. exciting. So for anybody that's coming up behind you and, and looking, just looking to their art future, what would be some advice that you would give anybody coming up? Um, for me, I'm always like, do, do whatever you want to do. Like do whatever feels right. Like there really aren't any rules to anything, honestly, like you can do whatever you want. You can just do whatever you want. So if you want to, you know, just play with paint, if you want to build things, if you want to go to school, if you don't want to go to school, like there are no rules. You only get this one life and you can do whatever you want. Now, that's not to say that there are no consequences to doing whatever you want. Like, but you legitimately can do whatever you want if you are okay with what that means. Like, if your goal is to make millions of dollars, then you're going to have to do whatever you want to do to make millions of dollars. If your goal is to just create for the sake of expressing yourself, then you have to do whatever you want to do to express it. Like, you can do whatever you want. If you want to mix all the mediums together and like just do whatever you like do whatever feels right because this is your only chance to do that you're not going to get another chance you're not going to go through this life and be like well that was the practice run I guess I'll get it right <laughs> like no <laughs> just do whatever you want do whatever you want to do now because this is the only time that you have to do it um and so that looks different for everybody and it plays out different for everybody. And the consequences are different from everybody. But like, if you want to do whatever it is, just do it. Like, just do it. Adrian, I want to thank you so much for being on here and, and just letting us have a peek into your life and what you do and the inspirations behind your own work. Um, how can people reach out and find you? Um, I am only on Instagram because I'm 42 years old and I'm not interested <laughs> in any other platforms. Um, so it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. And I just, I just don't care enough to try and figure anything else out. Um, so I am only on Instagram and I am at Adrian, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, Michelle, M-E-S-C-H-E-L-L-E, no capital letters, no spaces, no anything, just all one word. Um, and yeah, you can find me there. And that's where I post all sorts of stuff. I post the painting a day. I talk about paper dolls. You'll see a bunch of pictures of my kids. I talk about homeschooling. I also only have one Instagram page because <laughs> I'm not interested in <laughs> doing anything separate. So it is all mixed in there together. So, you know, be prepared to see the jumble that is my life on Instagram. I love it. I love yeah. it. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and being here. For anybody that wants to catch up with Adrienne, I will have the, the her Instagram and also the website um, linked into the show notes. Um, I hope you enjoyed and I hope you join us again next week for another artist. We'll see you later. <laughs>